Welcome to episode eight of the Kaleidoscope of Voices podcast. This episode is an interview with a panel of students who've spearheaded their own initiatives. In this episode, our guest speakers share their experiences of starting and running their own organizations as high school students. Rosanna Gao is the founder of Music for Change, an official 501c3 nonprofit run by high school students spanning many countries. Music for Change uses music to bring change, optimism, and hope into the world. Amara Wani is the founder and CEO of Learning for a Cause, a student-led 501c3 nonprofit that aims to provide free private virtual tutoring services and has also expanded to a student-led youth advocacy blog, online educational videos, fundraising for social issues, and will soon lead community service and development projects. The goal of the organization is to help bridge the gap in education that is currently being filled in with paid resources and privatized education that give kids of a lower socioeconomic status a disadvantage. Kelvin Yu is the founder of the Community Safety App, which is a safety app that helps its users stay clear of danger or helps the victims of a crime or accident. Their mission is to decrease the number of hate crimes in communities, and they hope that the victims of an accident will be able to receive support and passersby will be able to take action with this app. Rosanna, Amar, and Kelvin, hi, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Can you just start us off by telling us a little bit more about yourself and your organization. Let's start with you, Amar. Absolutely. So my organization is Learning for Cause. It was a 501c student-led nonprofit that was founded in May of 2020. And what its goal is, is to try to connect lower income students with free virtual tutoring opportunities. So how it works is that we connect with schools and we build relationships with them and we pair them with tutors who are high honors or AP students in those classes. And they tutor these students one-on-one -on -one virtually to help provide, to help bridge that gap that maybe some of these students would have in their own educations, but wouldn't be able to afford themselves. And beyond that, we've now expanded to youth advocacy blogs, um, educational videos, and we will be doing some community service projects to help these kids as well. <clears throat> All right, that's so cool, Amar. Rosanna, why don't you go next? Hi, my name is Rosanna Gao. I am a rising senior at Great Lakes South High School. And I started a 501c3 nonprofit called Music for Change. Um, and our goal is to and our goal is to change the world <laughs> through music and community service. I began this organization during quarantine um, because musicians and performing artists did not have a lot of opportunities and um, we're not connected during quarantine. And music is such a universal language. So it was a great opportunity to start it with a bunch of my friends, um, a bunch of my performers, and we've expanded internationally to countries in Russia and London um, and China and Nigeria and all different types of places in the world. Um, but it's just been an amazing journey, learning more about different cultures and connecting together through music and helping our community. All right, that's amazing. Kelvin, why don't you go next? Uh, sure, my, hello, my name is Kelvin and I'm a rising senior in Samson High School. I'm extremely involved in ballroom dancing and also game credit, but more about my org. It's a passion project created by me and a fellow rising senior, Nina. And our project is centered around our safety app called Community Safety. It uses the alert fun function to spread awareness to people nearby and increase their contacts. So it has like a bit of a unique feature compared to other safety apps. All right, cool. So all of your organizations address pretty different issues. Can you just talk 
more in detail about what issues your organization is trying to address and why you're passionate. Rosanna, why don't you start off? All right, thank you. So my organization really focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion in theater spaces and music spaces as well. As an Asian American participating in musical theater all my life, I felt like there was a gap between people of color performers. Um, and also there were really little opportunities since so many musicals are written and directed and produced by white Caucasian men. Um, so I just, with this organization, I was able to raise money, um, $25,000 and donate it um, to, well, to and donated it to social impact relief organizations and COVID because last year COVID did affect us a lot. Um, but our main, but our main goal is to change the stigma that theater is only for white people um, and give more opportunities to people of color who are in theater um, and support them and spread awareness about it. Great, that's such an important mission, Rosanna. Calvin, why don't you go next? Sure. So the app was made specifically to counter the rising Asian hate crimes that are on the rise, but we are looking to expand towards all forms of crime activity. Our app can be categorized as a safety app used to protect people in communities. And I'm passionate about it because I wouldn't want my family, friends, or even just a fellow human on this planet to become a victim of a hate crime. That's amazing. Amar? So what one of the cause was trying to combat was education equality. So we go, we're growing up in a society where education is becoming privatized and monetized. And the problem with that is, is that your education now becomes a pay to play format where the more money and the more resources you can spend on your education, the better your outcomes will be. And that's because sometimes the classroom settings, whether it's an underfunded school district an overcrowded classroom with limited resources and limited teachers, the students cannot get the education that they deserve and students with more resources are able to then excel at a level greater than those students that don't have those type of resources. And really what we wanted to do was try to alleviate that by providing those students with maybe not the same level of resources, but, a, but, a, but try to bridge that gap just a little more. And I think the reason I'm passionate about it is that, well, I grew up in a, in a situation where I, that wasn't as much an issue for me. I, I did grow up around people that I saw had those type of issues. And I also come from a family background where it was not, where we didn't have as many resources and we were a lot more impoverished. And knowing that as my cultural background and going forward with that, it was, it was really meaningful for me to try to like give those people the same opportunities that I had growing up. Okay, awesome. So why did you guys decide to begin your organizations? Calvin, you wanna start us off? Uh, sure. I actually began this organization from a previous encounter with a hate crime on the New York City subway. And so um, this lady started calling my friends and I racial slurs and demanded that we return to our country. Also adding that mankind was a response, were responsible for the COVID pandemic. And after I encountered that, I realized people should really know about these things, even if it's small. So I made the app to protect people, but also to spread awareness about it. Okay, awesome. Amar, why don't you go next? Um, so this kind of came into fruition after many years. So it was something that was kind of on the back burner. It kind of started when I went back to my home country and I saw like the limited educational resources. And while there wasn't much I could do there, coming back, I kind of wanted to change that and try to implement something along those lines, but due to feasibility, it just never happened. But when the COVID pandemic kind of hit, it actually kind of was a catalyst for something like this. It showed that 
these educational opportunities did not have to be physical, that someone in a high school level could pursue these type of things. And the rise of virtual learning allowed us to be tutoring these students and still be able to participate in activities we wanted to and make it feasible. So that's kind of how the organization started. Um, yeah, so all, when I was younger, and now um, I am still pretty young, but I've <laughs> always applied to musical theater programs and they are very costly. I know like a four week program can cost thousands of dollars and they have very little financial and and or merit aid. Um, so I really felt that people who had the resources um, and had the financial financials to pay and afford these programs were a lot of them were white people um, and having budget cuts to communities that so whenever a community needs funding they have budget cuts and it's towards arts programs first and especially when they don't have a lot of funding it's usually at low income communities where majority of the people are people of color and minorities so i saw the um limited opportunities that people of color had um and this way i wanted to create an organization that could fund and give students that money and those opportunities um and also i just didn't see a lot of asian americans on stage um advocating. I didn't see any voices. So I just wanted to create something and give other people opportunities um, to advocate for themselves and have equal opportunities in the performing arts field. Okay, that's great. So I think a lot of um, where these organizations come from is when people notice issues in their community and decide to seek action. So what was your process of going from an idea to building an entire organization? Rosanna? Yeah, sure. So we first started off as a YouTube channel. I just wanted to connect individuals during quarantine um, with music. I didn't really think that much about, well, I definitely wanted to hit areas such as community service, advocacy, and fundraising, but it first started off as just a YouTube, um, just like a YouTube channel where we shared people's performances and interests from all over the world. They would they would do a performance and then talk about how that performance led to a social or a current event that is happening and how it could combat that. Um, and from that, I started a team. I partnered, I'm well, co-founder with um, this girl named Devika. She lived in London, now she's in New York City, um, but she has a lot of great resources. Um, from music she's done music all her life and so did i but we just found a team and we grew from there okay great amar so the process of building into an organization really started with you had that idea and really there was a lot of back work that had to be done in the background before we could actually even appear as an organization so our primary goal was trying to tutor these kids. So to do that, we needed to build things like curriculums, materials. We, I needed to get a team together. That team was primarily composed of friends and, clo and close relatives and people that I knew well. And that's kind of how it started. And really when we got that team together, we started building things out. Like once we had a plan, we started reaching out to schools. We started getting a, a contact list. And once we had relations with schools, it kind of just grew from there where, they were, where we would become part of the education system and that's kind of how we've grown out and then expanded to different causes. All right, cool. Kelvin? Um, so I began this project of creating the layout and the design of the application I intended to release, and then decided to find members who can help me carry out the design features. And so uh, I found Nina, which was my co-founder, and we were able to design the application together, and we decided to build like a website, a social media platform, 
in the application itself. But the organization actually started as like a tutorial slash video guide. And then we simply made posts on social medias about like how to properly react in hate crime scenarios. Okay, so running an organization is a pretty big commitment. What are your day-to-day -day responsibilities in running your organization? Amor, start us off. Well, for my day-to-day, -day, it's a lot of like just looking over and managing things. So as we've expanded to a lot, have a lot more volunteers, there's a lot more administrative work that has to be done, whether it's scheduling tutors and students together and maintaining those week-to-week -week schedules. I'm still an active tutor, so I still do tutor students with my time. And on top of that, you have things like managing the blog, managing our video schedule, managing how we're fundraising and how we're reaching out to the communities. So it's a lot of just directing and delegating. And I think that was hard at first, but at first, over time, you learn to delegate out that work. And most of my day-to-day -day responsibilities is just kind of over that overarching management. Okay, awesome. Calvin? Uh, so promotion is definitely the biggest daily thing that I work on now. And I also want to expand the app to more users in the community so, so that I can protect more people. Um, other than that, I also handle some like bug testing and trying to find out ways to improve the app. Okay, awesome. Rosanna? Yeah, so I definitely have to agree with Amar. Um, having expanded the organization a lot and having a lot of team members, it's a lot of delegating and like making sure that people are doing their tasks and stuff like that. Um, I'm really thankful to have like a manager, someone who is managing the organization. So they schedule our Zoom meetings and they make sure they follow up with emails and make sure that everyone is completing what they're supposed to be doing. I think a majority of it is either doing meetings with potential partners um, that we had. We haven't, we've been, had the pleasure to work with um, one of our partners called Be an Arts Hero, and they um, they've recently been on the Washington Post and New York Times. So props for them. Um, but their goal is to basically during quarantine, when artists were like unemployed and didn't have a lot of funding, um, they they what is it called? They created the Dawn Act, which basically fights for funding for arts workers um, through the Senate, and they've haven't gotten it passed yet, but they have gotten a lot of funding um, and allocated a lot of money to give it to arts workers because the arts industry is one of the top um, sectors in like in the economy. But anyways, just like talking with partners um, and also making sure that our events are, um, we're promoting our events, um, looking over any social media, making sure the website is good. And um, also, participating in any community events if we do have so. Awesome. So all of you have quite a few responsibilities within your organizations, but you're also doing a lot of things as high school students. How are you able to manage um, your responsibilities within your organization with your other responsibilities? Calvin, start us off. Um, so in the beginning, I definitely have to put aside work from the organization. I think that getting people to join the team really helps with the process. So if the work split up, it's easy to handle the workload each week. And during busy weeks, such as like final exam weeks or midterms, we might look for people to cover for us, or we might um, schedule so the app comes out a bit later, for example, and just push it back a week. Okay, cool. Amar? So balancing the responsibilities at times was very tough because you have a lot of what we do cannot exactly be, it's not, it's something that has to be done live and day to day because the, the students are expecting the tutoring, they're needing it, they have a test tomorrow. And a lot of that can't really be moved around. So it was not as much figuring out how to schedule myself, 
but how to find time in a day. And I think you start to learn that if you want to find time, you can find time. It's just, you have to decide what you want to sacrifice. So usually the, it take, it's an hour or two every day. And it's just usually finding time for that, whether it's in the morning or late at night or in between breaks, it's just really just trying to find time to work on all of that every day. Okay, cool. Rosanna? Yeah, so I literally live on Google Calendar. Like, <laughs> I have, like, every single thing planned out. Uh, so I just dedicate two to three hours a day to music for change. Um, it's, like, a specific time in the afternoon where I do it. And basically, I just get everything done during that time. And I try to schedule any Zoom meetings regarding music for change or any, like, anything related to it during that time. Okay, awesome. So you guys are doing a lot of different things within your organization, and I'm sure that challenges come up. So can you tell us about a time that you experienced an unexpected difficulty or a challenge, and how did you manage to face that? Amar? So I think with us, one of the biggest challenges were is that we're a group of high school students going up to these established schools with their own educational systems and asking to supplement them. And that was just going up to principals and convincing them that are like school boards or even school administrators that we're a reliable organization that can actually help these students. Because I think a lot of that difficulty comes with trusting us because while this is a service they need, they don't, they don't want to provide students with a service or a promise of a service and then not deliver. So on their end, it's very acceptable that they want to be sure of it. So one of our greatest difficulties was building this repertoire with schools. And I think once we were able to convince, it was a lot of talking, a lot of showing, a lot of demonstrating to some of the first few schools. Once we got that going with the first few schools, it was a lot easier to expand to more schools because we would have the references of these schools that Sauce is reliable, Sauce is making an impact on the students. And we were able to kind of build off of that and it kind of felt like dominoes from there. All right, cool. Calvin? Well, one challenge that we faced was the removal of our ratings and reviews on App Store. And the issue was foreign at the time. So I first did a bunch of research on the subject to find the source of the problem, which turned out to be our app was kind of too new and the App Store thought that the reviews are fake and everything. So after figuring that out, I decided the appropriate solution for the team. I kind of like, we have to stall a bit, maybe work more on getting people to download it first and then leaving reviews afterwards because leaving it too soon makes the Apple product team think that the uh, reviews are bought or fake. Oh, okay. Um, Rosanna? <laughs> I think the hardest and most difficult thing is trying to get bigger organizations to think that we're legit. And just because that we are uh, a student-led nonprofit, that we are experienced and we are like professional and know what we're doing. Um, for example, I had this, so we partnered with Model UN, um, National High School Model UN, and they have like an annual performance. So we were in charge of their opening and closing ceremony. And we definitely knew what we were doing, having a big team, having people who can have edited um, videos previously and understanding like music um, and how like harmonizing. Um, so when people send in videos, like knowing that the soprano and the bass and whatever, like it all works together. Um, well, some people just didn't think that we like knew what we were doing. Um, so they had to like step in for us. But I think that just showing them that we actually um, could do what we were able to do and providing like previous events where we um, had like successful participation and had a successful event. Um, so yeah. Awesome. So you guys are all very committed to issues that you're passionate about. What is your favorite thing about running the organization? Like what do you enjoy most? 
my favorite part of the organization has to be the reason I started, and that's the tutoring. I actually do enjoy teaching students, especially the younger ones, where you can, with an older student, they'll accept the information, they'll incorporate it, they'll learn from it, but it's a younger student that kind of gets that joy, that excitement. You kind of can see a eureka on their face when you're teaching them, and I think that's my favorite part of working with the organization. I love that. Okay, Rosanna? Yeah, my favorite thing about this organization is seeing the impact that high schoolers and middle schoolers can have on the world. I think that a lot of people discredit you based on um, your age, and they don't think that you're capable of doing great things. Um, but like working with the team has really taught me that like anything is possible if you I know it sounds cliche, but like anything is possible if you put your mind to it. Um, and just to give an example of that, we created this um, created this online concert in Thanksgiving with we partnered with um, another organization, um, Sweet Relief, and we were able to get 100,000 views um, during that concert. So I think that a lot of people discredit us and were like, oh, you can't do it. Like, you know, like 100,000 views is hard to get. Um, but like working with the team, it really showed me that like anything is possible. I know it's cliche, but like anything is possible. And like, if you really have a mission and if you're really like goal-oriented, goal um, anything is possible. All right, that's awesome. Thank you, Rosanna. Calvin? Um, so I think the favorite thing about working on community safety is the uh, new connections that I build. I consider the members of community safety to be my friends and I enjoy interacting with them about the project and about day-to-day -day conversation. And in addition, I've learned many things like publishing an app, a website, managing social media, creating tutorials, editing videos, and those things are all enjoyable because you get to experience a bunch of different things in the field. All right, in starting and running an organization, you all are stepping into new roles and taking on a lot of new responsibilities. So how have you guys grown and changed from your experiences? Calvin? Um, I've definitely become more interactive after joining community safety because I've had to reach out a lot. I've also started building profiles like LinkedIn and Instagram. So I definitely learned a lot about media and promoting as a whole. So in general, I've just become more like organized, productive and more interactive. Awesome, um, Rosanna? I think that I've grown and changed from this organization um, by learning more about like 501c3s and like legal stuff. Like we have this concert um, at Carnegie Hall in October and like signing permits and contracts were like a new thing because like I never did it before. Um, there was like a bunch of terminology that I didn't know. So I definitely had to like learn new stuff based on that. I guess it was like adulting at its finest. Um, <laughs> But also I had a great time like just working with the team and like being able to like delegate work and like understand other people's perspectives was definitely a new thing because I had to like step in um, as I had to step in into this role and like I had to like understand other people um, but it really did help me grow because um, it helped me like team build. Yeah. Awesome. Um, more. I have to agree with Rosanna in that when starting and running a 501c3, there's a lot you have to learn because especially when you don't have outside counsel, I've spent way too many hours looking through state and federal tax law <laughs> or looking through how these organizations run, how to incorporate, get the entire 501c3 process. And then once you're there, dealing with the finances, the donations, filing your first tax returns, those are all very new type of things that you, you don't really get experience with at a younger age. And that's definitely something that I've grown from. But more than that, I feel like learning to work with a team and learning that delegation and those leadership skills are a lot that 
were like, it was, it was very new to learn how to work with a larger team and understanding that at the end of the day, that like, you, like it all falls on you. You're always, even within a school environment, when you're running a club per se, there's always like another back, like there's another, there's a fail safe behind you. There's a teacher, there's an administrator, there's an organization. Someone, when you don't step up, someone's going to step up for you. But learning that when you don't step up, no one's going to step up for you is the type of experience that really changes how you look and how you delegate work. All right. Thank you, Omar. So what has your organization accomplished thus far? And what do you guys hope to accomplish in the future? Rosanna? Yeah, so we do have a lot, so this might take a while. Um, but as I said, mentioned before, we had we created the opening and closing for this year's Motto UN um, performance, their annual, their annual um, conference. Um, we've partnered with let me just pull up the organizations we partnered with. Um, we partnered with multiple organizations such as India Bulls Foundation. Um, and we're offering free, free music lessons and virtual concerts to underprivileged children in India. Um, also we've partnered with Clarity to Charity, which is a nonprofit organization determined to smoothen and simplify the process of reaching out to the ones in need. Um, I've collaborated with Be An Arts Hero to provide relief to the American arts and culture sector. Um, and we plan on supporting them in any way. I talked to the city council regarding arts budget cuts um, and equity in like music and performing arts in general. Um, we've collaborated with Save the Music Foundation, which is um, through advocating for the accessibility of music to American children. Um, we've worked with Daniel's Music, which um, which they um, are providing music therapy to people, individuals with disabilities. So that's like one of my favorite things I've gotten to do um, just because my cousin has, um, she has a disability. So it kind of like connected with my personal life. Um, and then also Sweet Relief. We've had a concert together, which has gotten 100,000 views. Um, we also have taught music and dance at St. Cecilia's Orphanage, which is in Zambia, Africa. Um, we performed at Black Lives Matter protests. Um, we've had it, we created this week called Music for Change Week, where we had game nights and competitions. Um, I spoke at ESYO, which is this music organization regarding citizen artistry and how you can use community service um, and the arts to combine and help your community. Um, we've performed for essential workers in London. Um, we spoke at Thespian Nation. Um, I've spoke at the SBA Nation regarding <laughs> diversity, equity, and inclusion in theater spaces. Um, and that's SBA Nation is a part of Educational Theater Association, which this year I've been had the pleasure to just get international thespian officer. <laughs> We've also coordinated music with Great Neck Chinese Association and Temple Bethel. Um, music for Change India conducted an event with an orphanage named Splash. Um, and we've done a bunch of other music events that I think will take too long to talk about in this thing. Um, but I'll just tell, like, I'll just mention a few of my favorites. Um, I spoke at Interlochen and 
Interlochen Center for the Arts, there's this music academy, um, and I did a summer program there, but I talked about citizen artistry, and I took a course there, and it was really wonderful, because there were um, some of my role models who also had music organizations, um, well-developed music organizations um, that were also 501c3. So it was really cool sharing my experiences and also learning more about them. Um, and we've raised all together $25,000 so far, um, which we have donated to, um, to, social, to social impact and also uh, COVID-19 relief. There's still a bunch of things on our website that you could check out to learn more about like the other events we've done. Um, but we also have had this rep Asian American representation in the arts webinar where I've invited some celebrities um, to talk about their experiences in the arts. Um, that were Asian American and I wanted to spread awareness about it. Um, and then also we created an app called Chamber Connect, which won the um, Chamber Music Society of Lincoln Center Innovation Contest this year. And the app has not been um, it's not on the app store yet. It's almost done on the app store, but it's basically to combat the stigma of classical music being only for white people and adding minority performers inside and um, showcasing that, you know, classical music is not just for white people um, and showcasing the beautiful music in different cultures such as Africa or China that's not really taught in US, in the United States educational system, um, educational music system. And then that is the things that we've, basically the things that we've done so far. But if you want to learn more, you should definitely check out our website. All right. Thanks, Rosanna. That was that's super right. inspiring. Um, Amar, why don't you go next? Well, that's a tough act to follow. <laughs> but I think learning for cause, in terms of what we've done, it's a lot more targeted because we've never, we, we were never, our original goal was to help tutor and educate these kids. And that's kind of what we've stuck to. So we have nearly thousand hours of service in terms of tutoring and educating these kids. And we've expect, we started from mostly in the NYC metropolitan area in terms of schools. We've now expanded to schools across the East Coast and even on the West Coast. And we've, and through these dozens of schools that we've connected with and the multitude of students that we've worked with, we've also started expanding to add things like a youth advocacy blog. And we've also added educational videos and courses that we will continue to expand upon for these students because sometimes like the live tutoring, whether or not it's not, it's not enough or they need more than that or they just don't have the time for it. Having these educational resources to either supplement or replace the tutoring is also really helpful for these students. And we're continuing to expand and we've also raised money for mental health initiatives and we'll continue to do those type of projects. And that's it. Okay, awesome, Lamar. Kelvin? Um, so, so far our organization has created the safety app. We've reached out of to people of influence and received their endorsements. And we've also created various safety guides and tutorials on using pepper spray, the application, the proper procedures during hate crimes. And in addition to those, we've also like published a website and managed social media like Instagram and reach out towards like news medias for awareness. And I guess the next step that I really wanted to focus on is try to get politicians to endorse and support us. And some examples of those would be Grace Wynn, who's Congresswoman, and also Sandra Ong, who's New York City Councilwoman. And that's it. All right, awesome. So running an entire organization takes a lot of skills. So what are some of the most important and useful skills um, that you utilized and that you think are important for other people who wanna do similar things to what you're doing? Um, and how can people develop those skills? 
um, a more. So in terms of skills that you're going to need, it's really something that you kind of build along the way. There's no one set of skills that you need to be good at this or good at that kind of running organization, but you really need to just learn to be open to ideas and like learn about things. So you, it's, I think one of the biggest things you can have is being open to collaboration because while you can try to do whatever you want, you, you can only accomplish so much as a person. And I think being willing to accept ideas and understand that people have skill sets that are in things that are better than you and they're able to work around you in ways that you can't do yourself. So learning to kind of be accepting of that and educate yourself along the way, I think is the most important thing. Okay, awesome. Rosanna? Yeah, I also wanna just follow back from the previous question because I forgot to end, I forgot to talk about the last part, which is what do you hope to accomplish in the future? Um, and through that, um, we have the Carnegie Hall concert in October. So if you wish to audition, you should. It's, it's on our website. Um, and also we have this event in Times Square coming up. Um, but both of those events is just to showcase unity of music and also fundraise for, um, for, for creating opportunities for people of color in theater. Um, okay, so going on to the next question, which is, um, what are some of the most useful skills for building and running your own organization? I think the first thing is to be responsible um, and be responsible and hardworking. You have to put a lot of time commitment into this organization and you you can't really, I mean, of course, sometimes you, you always have to focus on your mental health and your family first, but you really need to spend that time working on the organization and you can't slack off some days. Um, you really have to like put in that time and energy. Um, and then also communication is so important when you're talking with your team. Um, like Amar said, you have to be open to ideas and be willing to, um, and honestly, people have such amazing ideas. You have to be willing to listen to them and like, once you stop talking and listen to people, you can see like how collaborative the space is and how you guys can grow together. Um, and also start today. Like if you want to accomplish something, start today. It's so easy to talk about. You have to do these skills. You have to do these events. It's so easy to talk about it. But what's the hard thing is to start it and to like begin your initiatives immediately. So if you're really like if you really want to start an organization, don't wait for tomorrow. Just start it today. You don't have to accomplish everything in one day, but it's just a good way to like begin and begin your initiatives. Yeah, that's such useful advice. Kelvin? So I think that being confident and being sociable is a huge thing in building an organization. You have to reach out to find people who you want to work with and you also have to be able to market to the general consumer. And that takes a considerable amount of social skills and confidence, especially as a high school student. Because as Amar said, people don't really trust you. And even more importantly, you have to be able to be persistent as failures and setbacks occur all the time. But you need to be able to overcome those. Awesome. So finally, what do you guys see as your role in making the world a better place? It can be within this organization or just overall. Uh, Rosanna. Wow, this is a really big question. Um, I think, well, what I want to like leave in the world um, is just to kind of break the stigma that um, people of color um, cannot be in theater and like create more opportunities, more casting roles, um, have more minority playwrights who can actually write truthful stories um, that are not marginalizing stereotypes or 
creating false accusations or like false like dynamics in the Western perspective um, to challenge those ideas and create equal opportunities for people of color um, in theater and also to just fight diversity, equity, and inclusion within music and theater spaces. Awesome. Kelvin? Um, I think I don't really have that much to say about this question. Like the purpose of the app was obviously just to help people in danger or people who are often seen as victims of hate crimes and things like that. So our the main thing I wanted to leave behind is probably spreading awareness. We need people to realize that these hate crimes aren't okay. They're happening everywhere and that passerbys or bystanders can actually come in and help at any time. Awesome. Amor, why don't you think I think like the world is a very large scope and there's no one person, organization or movement that is going to be able to really change the world. I think what we, what we need to be trying to focus on is trying to become a snowflake and a larger snowball. And as we as we grow and we expand, I think our, our real impact is trying just trying to help as many students as we can because educational equality is a much larger issue that expands not beyond just one nation, but across the globe. The globe. And it's something that needs to be worked on by a large majority of organizations to try to help reduce that gap between the student and their education. A student that wants to get education should be able to get it. And I think our impact is just helping the number of students that we can to help attain that goal and helping bridge that gap just a little bit at a time. Okay, that was a great way to end this off, Amar. So thank you guys all so much for coming on and thank you for the incredible work that you're doing. Thank you, Fair, for having us. Thank you. Thank you.